now. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong, where we are talking about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman. And guess what? My natty poo is back. <laughs> hey, natty. Hey, girl. Hey. So y'all know Natty's been on vacation. Jessica filled in for her a couple of times, but I am, although I love Jessica because she's my daughter. She was amazing. I listened to those episodes. She was awesome. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you said that, Natty. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm so glad you're back, Natty. So yeah, Natty's here. She- she's on vacation with her family. I know you had a good time because I saw some of the photos. Yeah, it was amazing. It was awesome. So <laughs> did she come back well-rested, peaceful, and ready to go? I definitely did. I, de- I needed to decompress for a few days or like a week because it's weird. When you go on vacation, you get back on vacation, you feel like you need another vacation just to recover. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate because you need a vacation from vacation. Exactly. Exactly. So I took care of that. Good, 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 good. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and dive in today's topic. And today we're going to be talking about balancing being a friend and an authority figure to your aging or growing children. So I guess the first question at hand is, can you be friends with your children? As parents, can you be friends with your child? What do you think, Natty? This is such a weird weird space to be in because I have young kids um, and one of them is a teenager and the other one is... You know, she's 11, so she'll be turning 12 in January, but not very long from now. She'll also be a teenager. And it's strange because with my oldest child, who's an adult, I felt like we we always had an amazing relationship. Like we talk about everything. And so it's weird because it's like, well, I still feel like I'm his mother. Like I tell him to do things and he does them and that sort of stuff. And But I knew that I wanted to be a parent that, had the kind of relationship with my kids where they felt safe to come to me and they felt like my door was open to them. And so I feel like that's where people kind of get stuck because they're like, well, you know, we were raised like, oh, no, you're not, you know, you just do what your parents say, you respect your parents, you obey, you don't ask questions, and that's the end of it. And it's just weird because that, I think we believe that 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 breeds respect, but I'm not so sure that it breeds respect per se. I think it probably just breeds more fear. And I don't think fear and respect are the same thing. And so I don't want my kids to be afraid of me. Yes, I want them to respect me, but I think that respect will come if they also feel respected, if they feel like I truly care about them, if they don't feel hurt by me or they don't feel, you know, they're not going to know this, they're not going to say this, but abused in some sort of way by me. They actually feel safe and they can come to me. I think that is what breeds respect. Does that mean that we're friends? I don't know. I guess I guess it could mean that because friendship is is a very important relationship. You know, outside of outside of intimacy, intimate relationships, your friends, those those are relationships that you're supposed to hold very highly and dearly. And there's a lot of mutual respect involved in those kinds of relationships. There's mutual respect. There is a sense of safety. There's a sense of peace. There's a sense of openness. All the things that I just said that I wanted to have with my kids. So I guess in that regard, yeah, I would like for them to see me as a friend in addition to their parent. 
I know that sounds very counterculture, but just thinking about the definition of the way I would like my relationship with my kids to be defined, and hopefully they see it that way too, it does look like a friendship. I don't want to be an authoritarian figure. I want to, I think they understand that I have authority right now in their lives until they're grown, but I don't want to be an authoritarian figure. I, I definitely don't want that. So yeah, I, that's just where I am right now. That doesn't mean that, you know, there might be people who listen to my aunt, girl, you well now. I don't think you do that. I mean, that. That's certainly possible. But just with me thinking about the kinds of relationships that I want to foster with my kids, especially seeing that I have one successful relationship under my belt with my oldest son, and I want to replicate that with my other kids, I think there is a, a level of what other people would call friendship that needs to be present there. I agree with that. I know that the whole art, air quotes, of being a parent is to provide guidance and support and look out for the best interests of our children. But for me, I feel like there is no relationship without friendship, a romantic relationship, a parent-child relationship. There has to be some level of friendship in order for the relationship to work. So, but I think- yeah. For the overall African-American culture, I think the consistency is that you are not to be your child's friend. The assumption is that we're stricter and more and less tolerant when it comes to how we raise our children compared to some of the other races and nationalities. And I think some of that has contributed to the fact that a vast majority of Black children come from single parent homes. And I think I, I can say for me personally, as you know, because I raised my, my children for the most part by myself. And I can say for me that, you no, know, I was a little stricter on them because I wanted to save them from the world. Right, right. There were some things that I, I just absolutely would not tolerate and I found, found, found myself mm-hmm. being a little harder on them because, you know, you want to protect them from the world. And so I think that's the overall consensus for the African-American community. But I will say, like you said, in my home, when we were growing up, there were there was no level of, of friendship. Your, your parents, you were to honor and respect them and honoring and respecting them. That didn't include befriending them. <laughs> that just, right, like right. that, that absolutely did not happen. But I do raise my children a little differently but we also have boundaries. Right, right. And my kids know when I have moved from friendship mode to mom mode, and they also know when I have entered the I said what I said zone. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. Definitely. So, so there are definitely some clear-cut boundaries, but I do feel like as a parent that we should foster some type of friendship with our children in order for them to. It's like you were saying, I want my kids to come to me and feel comfortable talking to me about anything that's going on in their life without feeling like that's mom. She She's the authority figure. I, I don't need to talk to her about that. Like, I want them to feel safe. You foster some type of friendship, then you are also providing a safety net for them. And I think that's important when it comes to, to the mother-child relationship. Oh, absolutely. I think where we have gotten, I guess, like with our generation and before us, I think where we've gotten tripped up is when people say you're, you know, be your child's parent, you're not their friend. We automatically think it means 
yeah, you don't let your children eat whatever they want all the time. You don't let them stay out all hours of the night if they're teenage. You know, things are like common sense, you know. It's like, of course you're doing, of course you're providing guidance for them and you're nurturing them. Part of nurturing them is making sure they're well-fed, as well-fed as they can be with whatever circumstances you find yourself in. And of course you're not letting them go out all hours of the day and night and never and not come home or just be locked up in their room and not have the door open and, you know, just not ever go to sleep, never go to bed. Don't, those are things that, I mean, I think as a parent, that's just like common sense because those are things that we have to also learn ourselves to do, even if our parents didn't teach us. That's just, those are just life skills, you know? And so, yeah, you're, you're guiding your kids and you're, you're teaching, them, teaching them life skills. But it's like you said, a relationship, the value of a relationship is beyond words. And so I want to have a relationship with my kids. I don't want them to leave the house when they're grown and be like, oh yeah, I don't necessarily want to see my mom, you know, except like maybe on the holidays. And when you've raised your kids kind of in a, in a, an environment where they don't necessarily feel safe to come to you, I'm not saying feel physically safe, but like feel like the door is not open for them. Emotionally safe, right. They, they don't feel like they can come and talk to you because if they tell you what's going on in their lives, you might judge them or you might condemn them or you, you know, you won't understand um, or you might even go the other direction, which is still not great, and try and fix them or whatever. If that's what they know you for, then yeah, once they get away from you and they're not in your house anymore, they're not, they're not going to volunteer to come see you. You know, I want my kids to want to see me and want to talk to me. So if I don't foster that while they're here, when exactly is that going to happen? Absolutely. I agree. When's not going to happen. I want my kids to like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On yeah. Them like me. When my kids call me and say, hey, mom, come over and watch a movie with, with, with me and my kids. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they like me. And that's you know what a gift that is. That's that is a gift. gift for your kids to like you. So I think there has to be a healthy balance in being the air quotes authority figure and nurturing that relationship. There has mm-hmm. to be a healthy balance if you want your kids to to want to be around you. And my exactly. kids want to be around me. They enjoy yeah. being being in my in my presence. Like even like I keep my grandkids during the day. And sometimes nanny, just between me and you and everybody that's listening. <laughs> I want them to pick their kids up. And right. Go home. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes they linger and that lets me know that Cheryl, you're doing something right because yeah, they, see, that's good for they want, like they want to be in your presence. And yeah. when I can give them that something right, then I know that they are also going to give that to their children. And then their children are going to give that to their children. So all of this builds a nurturing legacy. So because when I die, when I die, I don't want my children to be like, oh my gosh, you know, of course they'll miss me, but I don't want them this may sound really weird, but I want them to miss me. <laughs> you know, right. like miss, yeah. like miss. You know, the re- relationship that miss we have. Relationship, miss, exactly. you know, because you you know, Natty, I had had a few deaths in my family this year, and and so when I was going to like the funerals and stuff, and I and I because I can remember the last one I went to when my uncle passed a few weeks ago, 
And his son was, he, he got up and he said some words about him as a father. And the things that he said about him, and you knew that those things were coming from the heart and that his dad really was a good dad. And when I was listening to him, although my heart was grieving, I was saying, that is what I want my kids to be able to say about me and not just get up in front of these people and faking it. I really want them to experience me in that way, in a loving and in a kind way, in a way where I can go to mom and tell her that something's going wrong in my relationship. She's not going to judge me and she's not going to say, you should do this and you should do that. That's not what I want for them because I don't believe in fear-based parenting. I just don't. That's, it's, it's, never been, it's never been my thing. I just, personally, I don't think it works, but. But that's how a lot of us were taught because that's how a lot of us were raised. And so it's a learning curve. Parenting, first of all, isn't easy anyway. And so you also are learning how to navigate all of this other stuff. You're you're learning how to navigate, okay, I want to be the good parts of my parents, but I don't want to be the not so great parts of my parents. Because I had very good parents. Yeah, did they make mistakes? Yeah, of course they did. They're human beings. But my parents weren't abusive. We didn't have a dysfunctional family or anything like that. All in all, all things considered, it's especially after being, you know, being on this side of things and being able to look back, I had some pretty decent parents. Like I love them and I miss them and I wish they were still here. So I think that's a sign also that they were good parents, but still there were mistakes that they made that I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that with my kids. I think all of that comes along with, okay, if I can, if I can nurture my relationship with my kids a little bit better, then maybe I can avoid some of these pitfalls. And I think a lot of times when a lot of us become parents, especially if we come, become parents when we're younger, it's all about, hey, you better learn how to discipline your kids. You got to discipline your kids. You got to discipline your kids. You got to discipline your kids. As if that's the only thing that's going to mold an individual. It really isn't it, the only thing that's going to mold an individual. It's like, hey, don't pick them up when they're crying because then they'll think that they can just get what they want. It's like, dude, they're an infant. This is literally how they communicate. There's no way for you to help them unless you pick them up. They don't know how to talk. All they can do is cry when they, when they need something. It's, but this is the stuff that's been ingrained in us. And so we have to slowly but surely learn how to go a different direction with a lot of it. And I'm fortunate that I was able to do a little, you know, a little bit better. But yeah, I've also made my mistakes as a parent because, again, we're human beings. But I think the fact that we're thinking about these things and we're talking about these things and how to, how to be... Um, even better in our relationships with our kids. Just the fact that we even want to be in better relationships with our kids, especially since my relationships are pretty good, I think that just shows that we are decent parents. And being decent parents actually motivates you to become even better because you want to be the best kind of parent that you can because you believe that that's what your children deserve. And I like that you said that a lot of the stuff has been ingrained or embedded in us. So as parents, I think that we need to unlearn mm-hmm. some things yeah. because things that worked for our parents when, when we were children are simply not going to work for today's generation of children. And, and I know people want to say it does, but it does not. I tell my mom all the time, like, this is a, this, like, this is, this is a, a different strain of children like <laughs> like they're different yeah, like yeah. I don't mean that in an ugly way but they're different and so they require a, a different type of a rearing or raising like we can't raise them the way 
our parents raise them because oh, that's simply not going to work for them. Like you take, for instance, bullying in schools. Yeah. Kids, like if, if kids don't feel safe at home, emotionally safe at home, then they are not going to come to you and say, mom, I don't feel physically or emotionally right. at school. So we, right. when, when, when we, when we, we create a space, a, a nurturing space and a safe space, then we open the door for them to share these type of things for us. Like, I mean, like, again, there has to be a healthy balance, but I just feel like friendship, like building a friendship is a part of nurturing for our kids okay. and it's building a solid foundation for them to build on as they get older. Oh, absolutely. This, this entire world is completely different. We have technologies and things that we didn't have when we were kids. And so our kids now are having to navigate through completely different spaces. And we don't, we frankly don't know much about those spaces because we've never had to navigate them. So we don't necessarily get to tell them exactly how to do stuff that we've never done ourselves. And you're absolutely right. It's a different kind of, of world. So our parents' and grandparents' methods aren't the same. Our grandparents' and our parents' methods were the way they were because of what you were saying earlier. They felt, they, I mean, they were really trying to do everything they could to protect us. And so, yes, we got to protect our kids now, and things aren't great now, but it's not kind of a, hey, be seen but not heard. or That's not something we've got to drill into our kids. So let me put the fear of God in you. That way, you know, the white man won't get you or something like that. Like, that's not the way we're living anymore. That's, we can't raise our kids like this anymore. And because also that goes back to what you were saying about fear-based parenting. And it's not just fear-based parenting, like trying to instill fear in them. It's fear-based parenting, meaning we're operating out of fear. We're parenting out of fear. And that's not like we're supposed to have not the spirit of fear, but a sound mind, um, love, power, love, and a sound mind, right? So power, love, and a sound mind is not going to lead to, hey, let me put the fear of God in you and make you be quiet and, and shut up when you're told to shut up and all that kind of stuff. Because if I do it in the house and you won't run into cops later, that's not, that's not the way it works. That's not coming from power and love and a sound mind. You raise them to feel like they have their own autonomy and they have their own worth and they know it. And they know that you know it, and that's why your relationship is so great. And then they're confident in dealing with other people as they go out in the world. And and not only that, but, you know, along the lines of you, you want to protect them from the white man. In protecting them, you want, you want to educate them. And so that doesn't mean instilling fear in them. That's, that's telling them that if you do this, there's a possibility that might happen. Or just not even if you do this, because you're Black, this might happen. Right. You know, because, you, because you're wearing these type of clothes, this might happen. So I think it's important that even in, you know, nurturing and, and building a solid foundation for them, that you educate them about the dangers of the world without engaging in fear-based parenting. Because fear-based anything, in my opinion, does not work. Oh, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> and what you just said about, like, educating them. Well, what does that involve? Well, that involves having conversations. Mm -hmm. You can't have a conversation with someone who isn't a friend. You can't have a conversation with someone you're not in any kind of relationship yes, with. Yes, that part. So you've got to develop that relationship. Exactly. And then instead of being like, well, because I said so, just do as I say, you can say, well, no, actually this is X, Y, Z. This is why. And this is why I feel this way. And this is why I'm suggesting to you that you do this. I know I can't control you once you go out the door, but I'm just giving you this, I'm telling you this, and hopefully you will heed it, but this is why. That's the kind of parenting that is a lot more whole, a lot more healthy, in my opinion, 
And it also goes right back to feeling like you have a solid relationship with your child. And, with, and without friendship, there's no relationship. I don't know how many times we got to say that. With, no, <laughs> without one, friendship, without the other. you just cannot have one without the other. And so I want to encourage our listeners to take some time to build a friendship with your children. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know, you know, the African-American culture frowns on that, but you can still discipline. You can still parent. You can still educate and be child's friend. You just have to, it just has to be a healthy balance. And I will say one thing that has worked or several things, or one of the things that have, that has worked for me is I listen more than I talk when it, when it comes to my children. Like I listen, like I give them an opportunity to say whatever they, to say whatever they need to say. Even if, even if I know how, how this may end, (laughs) you know, how the conversation is possibly going to end, you know, based on me being the parent. I still give them the opportunity to say what they need to say in that moment. I allow them to talk and I'm not preparing my response while they're talking. Exactly. I'm listening. So I do more listening than I do talking. And look, that's something I had to learn. And you know, you want to know who taught me that? My children. Children. Yep. I learned it from them too. They said, mom, you don't listen. You talk while I'm talking. You Mm -hmm. don't listen. You won't listen. But to but that. you know why they were able to say that to me, Natty? Because we have built a friendship. So they were yeah. able to be honest with me and say, Mom, you don't listen to me. This is why you can't help me. This is why I'm not getting what I need from you because you don't listen. And so now I have learned to listen more than I talk. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Because that's something that I'm sure you, you for me anyway, and it's probably the same for you. I did not have that going up. No, I wasn't talking it's to like you said, you, you were seen and you weren't heard. Yeah. The only person doing the listening in that house was me. And so. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. That didn't work. It did not work. And I was like, yeah, this is not, I, I'm sure I wasn't thinking this way when I was a little girl, but I can only imagine somewhere deep in my psyche, I was probably thinking, yeah, when I'm grown and I have kids, I do not want this to be the way this stuff goes. Yeah. Girl, I feel you. Like I was saying, even in the listening more, I think that as parents, when we're building this friendship, I think it can be balanced if if both the child and the parent know how to disagree respectfully. Because we're not, let's just be real, when you're in a a friendship with somebody, when you're in any kind of relationship with anybody, you are not going to agree on everything. So we need to learn how to disagree, like teach our kids how to disagree respectfully. And we teach them that by allowing them to disagree with us. Yeah, that's true. In a respectful manner. And so when they can disagree with us in a respectful manner, when we send them out into the world, they know how to disagree with other people in a respectful manner. And it it doesn't turn into some big fight. Right. A parent-child relationship, you can disagree respectfully and peacefully. And that has definitely worked with me and my children. Like Nyla is 19 years old. And she'll tell me, she'll be like, I hear what you're saying, mom. I don't agree with it, but I hear what you're saying. And we're done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I heard what you said. I disagree. Okay. Okay, no. But at least she knows, she knows your point of view and you know Mm -hmm. her point of view. Absolutely. And that that works for us. It absolutely works for us because she knows that I can disagree with mom and she's not going to feel some type of way away. She's not going to, she's, she's not going to put me on punishment. I disagree and it's fine. 
Right. And because you've, like you said, you've built the type of relationship with her that you have, and she knows that you listen to her and she's listened to you. Who knows? Later on down the line, she might be like me and looking up and having a light bulb moment go on and go, oh, wait, my mom was right about that. <laughs> like, I didn't agree with her at the time, but actually she was right. Probably because, you know, a lot of the, the only thing, I, this is where I see the authority part coming in. We're, we're adults, our kids are children. So that just means we've lived longer, which means we've gone through more stuff. And so as they get older and we're telling them, hey, don't go do that, just because, you know, I did that too and it didn't work out. And all of my friends did it too and none of it worked. It didn't work out for any of us. The, 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 the factor of life, you know, just lived experiences comes into play. And again, I think when, you're, when you have fostered uh, a, a nurturing relationship with your children, they're probably more likely to listen to your lived experiences and let that guide their decisions instead of just being like, yeah, whatever my mom says, I'm going to go to the complete opposite. That's what you do when your parents have tried to drill stuff into you and you've lived under some sort of authoritarian household or you weren't allowed to speak. You're like, whatever they say, I'm going the other direction. Yeah, you automatically rebel against it. You automatically rebel against it. So people, we don't realize that we might be, you know, a lot of these parents, they might be raising rebellious children and they don't even know it because they haven't fostered that kind of relationship. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean... I know when when to when to give my advice, <laughs> and I know when when to be silent. Because Nala has me and Nala have been in the middle of a conversation, and I could see on her face that she wasn't hearing anything that that I was saying, and so she would just be like, "Okay, mom, I don't really want to talk about this anymore, so I'm gonna go to my room." And I'm like, "Okay," and she'll go in her room and she'll stay in there maybe 15, 20 minutes, and she'll come out later and she'll say, "You know what, mom? I thought about it, and you were right." Sometimes you just got to shut up. <laughs> yeah. And you got to know when to be quiet. And so my kids have taught me that. Like sometimes you don't have, like you don't have to just keep talking because you are the parent and you want to get your, your point across. Mm-hmm. And because, oh, they going to hear what I got to say. Right, right. There's a right. different way to handle that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, what you were saying before about like there, this, there's, this is just a different kind of world. So just like we have our lived experiences that can inform whatever advice we give our kids, you're absolutely right. We have to know when to be quiet because there are certain things that they're going through that we've literally never been through. So and we don't get it. We just listen and we do not get it. So we might not know the right advice to give in, in that moment. And so sometimes you, you just have to be quiet and, and, and let whatever you said to them soak in, give them some time. I feel like as parents, we feel like, I'm going to say this, you're going to listen. It's my way or no way. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Not, not, not with today's kid. Like they're, they're not even, they're not having it. They're not. No, they're not. They're no. absolutely not having it. Like I said, they will rebel against. I know this from personal experience. They will immediately rebel against. Like I had to relearn parenting. <laughs> Honestly, I did. My kids taught me how to be a good parent. And the only way they were able to teach me that was because I was willing to listen and I was willing to unlearn some behaviors, things I had when I was growing up. Because just because mom and dad did it that way doesn't mean it's going to work for your kid. That's absolutely right. It's just not. It doesn't mean it's going to work. I mean, like I said, this is just a new breed of kids. And 
It is. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take some different things to raise them and provide a, a, a nurturing and safe environment for them. So it's going to take a lot more nurturing. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to take a more lot nurturing. more nurturing because there are so, like it's like a not only is is this a new breed of kids, but it's a new world. Like, let's just be, let's just be 100. Like, it's a new world. Like, a lot of the things that, that, that our kids are going through now, we did not have to deal with when we in school. Like, for me personally, I don't ever remember being bullied in school. I don't remember people just being blatantly ugly to me. Like, I don't remember experiencing that. I'm not saying that it didn't happen to any other kid my age, but I don't recall experiencing it. Girl, you are so blessed. Okay. Well, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You were blessed. I was definitely bullied in school. Um, Uh Some of it was mild. um, Some of it not so mild. A lot of it I was able to um, eventually put a stop to Mm -hmm. because I was one of those kids that would just bury things down until stuff blew up. And so I think a lot of times kids thought me just not just kind of being quiet and not reacting right away. It was just, oh, I can get one over on her until the right. day when I exploded. And then after that, they left me alone. So that was kind of what I dealt with until high school. And then there was some bullying in high school that was really kind of rotten. But I know now that if social media and stuff had been around, oh my God. I was in high school. Oh dear God in heaven. Because the thing about bullying back then is once you left school, it was at, it was left at school really. You could come home and you could forget about it until the next day when you had to go back to school. But these kids nowadays, they have to deal with it online. Mm -hmm. They have to deal with it in their emails and on their social media, Mm -hmm. everywhere, in places where they might not even be active or involved. Stuff about them can get leaked or whatever. And so that's stuff that I'm like, this is, I mean, it's a whole different ballgame. And we don't know how to navigate that because we've never been through it. And that's why it's important for us to listen to our children because they can help us. They can help us navigate. Even if you have older children, I I have adult children and then I have Nyla and she kind of thinks she's an adult, but she's 19. (laughs) But my my older children help me navigate that because I'll I'll go to Jessica and say, hey, here's the deal. Here's what's happening with Nyla right now. How should I handle this? And I'm not too proud too prideful to ask her for that. And because she and I have the relationship that we have, she can give me that information. I can take it and then I can properly handle whatever situation it it is with Nyla. And I can tell you, she has never steered me wrong. (laughs) Like ever. She has never, I'll say, okay, Jessica, here's the situation. How do you think I should handle this? And like, she would give me advice and suggestions and I would take heed to it. And I take it and I handle Nyla that way. And whatever the situation was, it rolled over smoothly because I wasn't too prideful to accept some advice and suggestions from my older daughter, who is my friend. Right. That works That's for me. So awesome. That That's works great. for me. It is. Yeah. I love it. It absolutely works for me. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, as parents, we need to foster a healthy friendship with our children, a healthy absolutely. friendship with our children. So I'm going to just give a few tips to help my listeners out for those of you all who may be still struggling with building a friendship with your children. Some things that have worked for me and Natty, you can jump in at any time if you would like. But like I said, number one, listen more than you talk. Provide a safe space where your kids can come to you and talk to you about things. And then listen to what they have to say. You know the old saying, God gave us two ears and one mouth? 
That's because he wants <laughs> to right. than talking. <laughs> right. And then, of course, that ground rules for how you're going to disagree respectfully and peacefully. Decide how much time you, you're going to spend with your child because spend together as a friend because you don't want to be the only friend that your child has. So you want to leave space for them to build friendships with other people, healthy, healthy friendships with other people. And then you want to decide how much information to share and about what. Now, this something that this is kind of something that me and my girls struggle with a little bit because sometimes they share a little too much information. <laughs> you know, because they're adults, you know, and they share a little too much. But I'm quick to say boundaries and they'll, and they'll and they'll immediately, you know, be like, okay, mom, we get it. And so <laughs> like seriously. So you gotta know, you gotta have some clear cut boundaries on how much information you're going to share and what you're going to share about. And then decide, like me and Natty said, decide which battles you're going to fight. Like, choose your battles. You know, it's so it's okay to walk away from, from a conversation. You've said what you said. And in more cases than not, the child is going to come back and say, okay, mom, I heard you. What you said makes sense. They just need a few minutes to soak it all up and process it. So right. choose your battle. And then decide what advice you're going to give, when to talk, and when to be silent. So. Those are the things that work for me and my kids. And that's how I've been able to build a healthy friendship with them and mm-hmm. still be able to properly parent them. You got anything you want to you wanna add, Natty? Um, I think everything that you said was, was spot on. I think the only thing that if I was going to add something, um, I think that I would just add, remember that the things that your kids are going through are not just new to them, they're also new to you. So you're not always going to have the right answer. And maybe don't be afraid to be vulnerable with them and let them know that you don't know the right answer to some of these things. Um, Because that way, if you were to tell them something and then they're like, hey, I tried that and it blew up in my face, I can't trust you or whatever. You can, you can just say, hey, I don't know if this is the right thing, but let's try this. And if it doesn't work, we'll come back to the drawing board and we'll try something else. Um, that also fosters the kind of relationship that you want with your kids. So let them, let them see you be vulnerable. Um, let them see you be a human being and let them see how you overcome s- circumstances and uh, not just, you know, kind of stiff up or lift your way through life. That's kind of what we, especially as Black women, are, are trying to not do anymore, right? So let your kids actually see you doing that, like allowing yourself to, to feel whatever you're feeling and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Because if they see you doing it, then they're more likely to do it as well. Mm-hmm. To give them permission to do it. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. We have enjoyed bringing bringing you this amazing topic, and I hope that you found value in it. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Join the conversation (laughs) 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 on Facebook, (laughs) Instagram, or Twitter. We are Shades of Strong across all platforms. And you can also leave us a voice message on the website at shadesofstrong.com. Um, and we would love to hear from you all. So yeah, we out of here. All right, Natty. 